Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. This podcast is about a community of women, and we're taking action where our passion, compassion, and conviction intersect, and using our gifts to impact the world for Christ. I hope this podcast inspires other women to do the same, because we've all been gifted, and the world needs the gifts that God's given us. We can make a difference in the world around us. In this episode, How to Live Out God's Truth in Our Daily Lives, I'm talking with my friend, Lisa Miners, an author and speaker, and an awesome Bible study writer and educator. She has a heart for teaching women, and she's the founder of Deeper Still Ministries. Hear how she has a creative take on the way God has inspired her to write her Bible studies and how we've all been uniquely designed. And therefore, we interact with our Creator differently and have unique encounters with Him. I know her story and what she has to say will encourage and inspire you. So listen in while I have a chat with Lisa Miners. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. Today, I have my friend with me, Lisa Miners. She's the founder of Deeper Still Ministries. She's a Christian speaker, an author of some cool Bible studies, and she loves teaching the Bible. And her passion is to see believers not only know the truth of God's word, but to go deeper still by applying and living out these truths in their daily lives. And I met Lisa couple years ago, maybe three years ago, we were saying at a conference, a women's conference, she was the speaker. She was the keynote and it was just fabulous. And God just put us back together again. Here she is. Welcome, Lisa. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad to have you today. And like I said, I just enjoyed that event where you spoke so much and how you shared, you know, your life and your stories. And it was just amazing. So how are you taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect and using your gifts to impact the world for Christ? Well, my passion and my compassion is, my passion is teaching and my compassion is salvation, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so taking action with that and where it intersects then with your conviction is for, um, I have a very, I think it's being an elementary education teacher that I have a very strong desire to see not women only gather knowledge, but to do what God intended for it to do, which was for it to impact our lives through our circumstances and our situations here on earth. And we can't do that if we don't know God's word. So the teacher in me loves to teach God's word, teach it in an elementary style so that it's very applicable, very easy to understand, which goes along with Psalm 119 verse 130, where it says God will unfold his truths to the simple. And when I read that, Doris, I was like, that is so me. Elementary teacher, simple-minded, that's what God's calling me to do. And I love to make it exciting in the sense that the Spirit really brings out the illustrations and He allows me to share how it is impacting my life and then to motivate the women through the power of the Spirit to allow the Word to impact their life. So really, I mean, given what we're going through right now, Doris, with the coronavirus and where Mm -hmm. we are. It's really so that when those things happen and situations come along, Colossians 2, 6 and 7, 
that the women allow their roots to grow deeper into the truths of God's word. So when the storms come, they may sway back and forth, but nothing gets broken and their faith stays strong. Mm. And so the discipling and bringing that forth, all of those join together in my, what did you say? My conviction, my compassion, and my passion. Nice. Yeah, that's beautiful. And you can hear that passion in your voice when you speak about Mm. teaching the word to others. I I just, I really long for the women to grab on. And so that the next time a tough sit, because we're promised, Mm -hmm. we're promised trials, we're promised struggles, we're promised suffering. I mean, it just says it. Paul says it, Peter says it, Jesus says it. And so to be able to help women grab onto the truths and to understand them so that they impact their heart and their mind when those times come. Mm, That's precious. When the trials do come, as you said, the word tells us that they're coming. It's not like we're going to be living a perfect life, but what do we do? And what is been ingrained in our hearts and where are we hiding that word that will encourage us during those times? It's like a perspective. Why is this happening to me? Or how is God going to use this? And how is this going to grow me? Well, and how can we come to know him better through it? Yeah. I, I mean, I know those times are going to come. And one of the things I've said to the Lord faithfully is teach me now, let me get what mm-hmm. it is. So I don't have to go through this again. Mm-hmm. I mean, we only need to do these things once a time and you don't, I'm not a slow learner, but you know, <laughs> Doris, it's teaching elementary too. You teach fractions and you teach history and you teach reading and every year is supposed to build on the year before. Mm. And so each time fractions and math and decimals and multiplication, it becomes more complex. So we should be growing, which Paul speaks to that as well, that we need to grow up and we need to be mature. And so from kindergarten to graduation, that student should be growing academically more mature every year. Mm. And for me as an educator, it's very much the same for women. It's very much the same for anybody, but women is where God has me. Mm -hmm. And so I want to see them not struggle in a different situation, but struggle still with worry or doubt or confusion or a lack of trust or any of those things every time a situation comes. So they should be each year building. If you are discipling them and you're giving them the word, they should be building. That knowledge should be building and they should be coming to know God more and more so that even if they trip, which I've tripped and I have trust issues or I trip and I have doubt issues or I trip and I'm insecure, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't be a stumble. He said he won't allow us to stumble. And so to get right back up and brush off and then put your eyes, fix them back on the author and perfecter of your faith. But it's because you know him. So the goal is to get the women to know him better. Mm. I love that analogy too, how you're talking about from your your teacher's standpoint yeah. of building upon these principles and building upon the learning and becoming more mature. That's really a powerful analogy right there. We've all gone kindergarten to graduation. We've <laughs> yeah. done it. And so no, no high school principal is going to hand a kindergartner or a kindergarten mentality, a high school diploma. Mm-hmm. They're just like, you have to have evidence of growth. Yes. That's so encouraging too, because oftentimes women get discouraged if they don't know. Well, you know, Doris, a lot of times too, I tell women that if they met my husband, they would know my husband in a different way than I know my husband Mm -hmm. because he's my husband. So they would know him as Dennis and I know him as my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So it's the same person, but we know him differently because of the relationship that we have. Mm -hmm. God is the same God to you as he is to me. 
but because of the journey that you've walked with him and how long you've known him versus how I know him in my circumstances that I've gone through with him, he has revealed different parts of himself. It's almost like I am, we were talking about it early, Doris, as far as sitting and hearing each other's stories. And I love to hear different stories that women tell in the way that they know God, who is the same as my God, but the way they know him is different. His character is the same, but their intersection with that character is completely different than mine because I'm me and they're them. I have a girlfriend that went through cancer and I remember her sitting at my kitchen table sobbing. And I remember her telling me her darkest hours and how hard the dark nights were and how because of the chemo and some of the things she'd experienced, she was in a very dark place, but she was meeting God there. And I remember Doris feeling almost a sense of, and I confess this to her, a sense of jealousy because she was going to know God in such an intimate way because she went through that journey of cancer that unless I went through a journey similar, I may not tap into that character and the depth of it where I am in my living. So I was living it through her. That's why Satan doesn't want us to worship together and share our stories together because you encourage me. I encourage her. We all work together to encourage and to support the character of God and who he is. But to hear the stories are so strong. Yes, they really are. And everybody has a story. Everybody does. Yeah. His everybody story. Has a story. His story. Yeah. yeah his story. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That's such wisdom there. So how did Deeper Still Ministries come to be? How did that begin? Being a teacher, and the funny story is I um, was teaching Bible studies at my local church, and we've been at that church for 21 years, and I was doing a monthly Bible study facilitating it, but God had already begun stirring something in my heart that at the time I didn't know what it was. And I was a facilitator of the class. It was a Beth Moore study. And one of the gals that was from a neighboring town asked me when I came in that night if I had ever considered speaking at a women's event. And I smiled at her because I'd had an encounter that week. I didn't know why God had given me the encounter. But in my quiet time, he was, he kind of started unfolding it. And it seemed comical to me. And I told her, I said, I never have, but it doesn't surprise me that you've asked. So we went forward and to make it even funnier, she said, well, it's my year to find a speaker and I would really love to recommend you. And I'm like, have at it. (laughs) And she's like, okay. And I went home and told my husband about the um, conversation with her. And I said, now what's going to be funny is that what is she going to say? She's going to say to her committee, I would love to have her come and speak at our women's event. They're going to say, well, what kind of experience does she have? How do you know her? And this gal's going to say, well, I don't. She's our facilitator, but I've never actually heard her speak. And mm-hmm. what well, has she written anything? Well, no, I don't think she has. And I told my husband, I said, if this comes to be, it really is because of God and not because of anything else of my own merit. And mm-hmm. I will know that that is the path that God has taken me on. Now mm-hmm. I'm a yapper Doris. I'm an <laughs> extrovert. So it seemed like a natural thing. Teach God's word, speak and give your words, use your words up. And it was a very comfortable place for me, but at the same time, I fought against it because I always thought I would be an elementary education teacher with an Erin Condren lesson plan book and bulletin boards that were absolutely the best in the building and 23 desks arranged just so. Mm-hmm. So I did wrestle with the Lord because I felt like he was giving, asking me to give up a dream that he had given me. And it didn't seem like that's what a loving father would do. Mm -hmm. And 
eventually it came out loud and clear that he created me to be a teacher. He got to decide who I was teaching and what I was teaching. Once I accepted that, then there was the fear, Doris, of I teach the word because the word is what transforms lives and the Holy Spirit through the word is what brings the lasting transformation. It really isn't my story. It's not funny anecdotes. It's not great illustrations. It's the word that is going to bring the lasting change in women. I believe strongly in that. So when the Lord said, my handbook, that's what you're teaching. You're teaching my word. I know I've been in the church long enough to know the verse that goes with that, knowing that you will be judged to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. And teaching, reading, writing, and arithmetic seemed less threatening than <laughs> being asked to handle God's word and be accountable for that. But I went through some training. I went to Billy Graham's training center and um, went through a five-day intensive training with Ann Graham Lotz. And then I went back two years later and did a dynamic communicators workshop with Ken mm -hmm. Davis. Mm -hmm. And my only concern with his class was that he was going to have to make me be funny. And I was like, <laughs> I can't tell jokes. I can't be funny. And I've come to find out that, you know, we're all funny in our own silly way. And so mm -hmm. even when we tell a story, it can come across as funny. And I had a mentor in my life, Doris, that had Dixie not been there with her hand on the small of my back because she saw what God was doing in my life, mm -hmm. I really am convinced I would be in a classroom today, an elementary classroom. Mm -hmm. And I would have, I hesitate to say it, but I would have missed what God was calling me to because I, I wrestled that much. But you see in his grace, and I'm reading through the Bible in a year, and it just, it just resonated with me, Doris, that I was reading in Numbers and it was talking about how God took the Israelites the long way instead of the short way because he knew if they encountered a battle that they would turn around and run back to Egypt. Mm -hmm. So he took them the roundabout as opposed to the short. And so I'm seeing that God knew. God knew if Dixie wasn't there to prevent me from turning around and going to what I thought was what I was supposed to be doing, that he knew I needed her to be there by my side. And she faithfully was for many years, many years. That is so encouraging. Yeah, it's so true how God puts people in our lives and how you were talking about what your vision was for your gift of teaching and how God said, wait a sec, this is what you're going to be doing and how it kind of all unfolded. But you had someone right there that could push you a little bit along and say, yeah, this is, this is at least kind of a confirmation of where you were supposed to be. But I have often talked about it too, because what used to be my greatest fear was that I was going to miss my calling or miss what God was calling me to do. I did get over that because trusting him and leaning on him and reading his word. And like you say, he does have that grace and he puts people in our lives to steer us in the right direction. What do you know, yeah. Doris? It's not really our calling. It's his calling. Mm. And so I really have come to believe through studying the word for the, this many years that it's his calling. And so we're not going to miss it uh, because yeah. he's the one that's calling us to it. And yeah. I wrestled and my pastor was a great mentor to me as well. And just helping me sort through it and discern what I was supposed to do and how mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. And I believe that maybe it could have happened sooner if I had held out my hand sooner and surrendered, mm -hmm. but I don't think that God was going to abandon it because, because of my stubbornness. He was very patient mm -hmm. and he persevered 
because it was his calling and he, he needed me to do that and was asking me to join him. And I, I mean, I'm so grateful. I thank him all the time (laughs) for being patient with my stubbornness and my deep desire to be in a classroom and be part of a staff. And he allowed me to substitute for 14 years. I just Mm -hmm. resigned substituting full-time. I was substituting and it was last March, just almost a year ago, this this month, a year ago, that I resigned substituting so that I could do ministry full-time. Mm, that's amazing. And I love that you work with Anne Graham Lotz. Yeah, that was astounding. I always say that I've yeah. been I've been red pinned by Anne Graham Lotz. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. She's yeah. not she's my mentor, but doesn't know it. But I'm just hundred percent sure sometime, somewhere, if I keep saying that, the right person's gonna hear it and they're gonna be like, I wanna have her meet Anne. Mm-hmm. Because Anne's passion for the word and not for the publicity. Mm-hmm. In, and she's just so focused on what God has called her to do. And she's so faithful to, to the teaching of the word. Mm-hmm. And it, it really has been such a mentoring program for me to follow her and just watch her passion and her faithfulness to staying true to the word and what God has called her to do. She doesn't, in the years that I've, I've read her books, done her Bible studies, she's not shifted based on what society says is the popular thing right now. She stays true to what God has called her to do. Hmm. And also, I love Ken Davis. I heard him speak at a conference a few years ago. He is so funny. He is funny. And that's what I was (laughs) concerned was that I was going to have to be that funny. So no, I didn't have to be that funny. I remember though, when you spoke, you had uh, a good amount of humor in there. It was just the right touch. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I said. I kind of learned that that God has just created me to be able to present in an engaging and probably animated way, which Mm. can lend itself to be funny at times when you're telling stories. But I always joke and say, you know, when you're teaching third grader science or social (laughs) studies, there's nothing exciting about it. And that's, I mean, that's me. I know there's science teachers that love what they do and are very passionate about teaching it, but I just, I found a textbook. That's what we were given. And it was just, so sometimes you just had to be animated in your presentation Mm -hmm. and you had to be excitable with the children to keep them engaged with what you were doing. And so I learned how to present in a very animated and engaging way. That has, is my, definitely my personality. (laughs) Yeah. I would love to ask uh, the students in your class. What do you think about Miss Miners? <laughs> oh, they say crazy. They would love it. They, oh, yes, crazy. crazy. Voted, I was voted the best third grade substitute one year. So, Aww. you know. <laughs> yeah, they probably look forward to you coming. Well, in. it was a hard, it was a hard, it was a hard transition to step away from it mm-hmm. because I loved being Mrs. Miners and it was a time that God took me mm-hmm. through a, and this was just last January, February, March, 40 days. It was a prayer journey with my husband. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of things that the Lord had to strip away from me that I realized I had placed my identity in being Mrs. Miners. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't willing to allow the Lord to redirect my steps and ask me to step out of it. And I was more connected to the identity than, than being the identity of an obedient servant. And so 40 days, almost every day, Doris, I cried about something. 
Mm-hmm. as I had to pry my fingers away, just like a toddler, where we have to take their fingers off the remote, or we have to take their fingers off of something they shouldn't be touching. And we have to constantly be keep reminding them and they just cry because they want what they want so much. Mm-hmm. And so it was a 40 day journey where every day my husband came home and he's like, what are we crying over today, sweetheart? <laughs> and he was so patient with me and the way God had called him to take a knee before me and to pray over me so that we knew what God was asking. And I will say that's probably the hardest part of the ministry is not following whims Mm -hmm. and doing the next best thing. So you feel like you're doing something, Mm -hmm. but truly following the Lord as whatever your next right step is and realizing that deeper still ministries is not mine to do Mm -hmm. with as I please. Mm -hmm. It's God's and he called me to it and he called me and asked me to steward it. So I continually need to be before him asking him what it's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. That's some great advice right there and encouragement for sure. Mm. Yeah. And 40 days, huh? 40, I, 40 days. He came right out after the meeting and said, I, God has told me to take a knee for 40 days every day and pray over you. And sometimes I go to bed very early. I'm just a tired person (laughs) and maybe I spend a lot of energy during the day. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes he said to me, he'd have to do it by the bedside because I would already be asleep. And so he would just kneel quietly by the bedside and pray over me as I slept and to pray over the ministry. So that 40 Mm -hmm. days, I kept a monthly at a glance calendar and recorded every day the way that God interacted with me to confirm, affirm, and continue to show me which way to go. Mm. Very powerful. Yes. That is just a precious story. I love hearing that. That just touches your heart, that commitment. So, and you've written the Bible studies. I have. And how did that come about? (laughs) One of the, two of the hardest things, the devotion was the other one. Mm -hmm. Um, Three of the hardest things I've ever done, ever Mm -hmm. done. But I knew, again, God used the classroom. I was teaching a reading group. And I had been having several people tell me after I would speak that I should write a Bible study. And I kind of brushed it off because I thought I'm a speaker, I'm a teacher, I'm not a writer. And so I would brush it off. And I was sitting in a classroom leading a reading group at one of those, um, if you can picture one of those half moon tables. Yes. And I had just finished with the reading group and asking questions. And we had such a lively discussion about a nonsensical book, but we (laughs) ended up having great connections with the students about whatever it was. And there was a teacher's aide sitting behind the students And she said to me, as I was gathering up the books and the students went back to their desk and I was just getting ready for the next reading group. She said, how do you do that, Lisa? And I said, how do I do what? And she said, how do you ask questions like that? I mean, I hear a lot of teachers doing reading groups, but you're a substitute. And so, you know, I mean, a substitute, you don't really even have time to plan. You Mm -hmm. kind of just have to do it on the fly. And I looked at her and I said, I don't, Like, I have no idea. I'm just a question asker. It's what I do. And some people like it and some people can't stand it. And so she kind of giggled and went and took care of her kids. And I turned around to the teacher's desk and very audibly, Doris, which I'm sure you've experienced that moment where some God speaks audibly, like you feel like he just said it out loud and everybody heard. And God said to me, that's what I'm asking you to do. And I was like, what? And he said, (laughs) I'm asking you to write a study with questions just like you asked those students. 
you create the workbook that goes with my textbook, and then my Holy Spirit will be the one to guide the women to see me in my word. And I went home and I was like, where do we start? And again, he's, I looked in, I had been studying with a friend for over five years on Saturday mornings. We had been doing precept style studying and just working our way through New Testament books. And we were structuring and keyword marking and theming and all sorts of everything that goes with that. And I, and he's like, you've done all of the the studying and the structuring and all you need to do now is sit with me and ask the questions that you know how to ask. And so my Bible study does look a lot different because it doesn't have commentary. I don't tell you what I think Ephesians is saying or what I think Galatians is saying. Mm -hmm. And the main reason is because one, I have to stay true to what God has asked me to do. And it, he made it very clear the kind of Bible study I was supposed to write. And then on top of that, the Holy Spirit is to be our teacher. I really, like, he wants to do that. He wants to interact with us with God's word. And he wants to be the one to teach us what God is saying to us in his word. But when we become accustomed to commentaries and to other authors telling us what their research turned up, we miss that personal interaction, as you said, the Holy Spirit is a person, mm -hmm. that personal interaction where the Holy Spirit is our teacher and God unfolds his truths to the simple. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. I love that because that is true Bible study. It is. You know, it's like taking someone from milk to meat. You know, it's like, dig in. Yes. Yeah. Here's your fork and knife. You dig in. I'm not going to feed you. <laughs> well, when I, when I have opportunities to go to churches where they are doing my Bible study with their groups, mm -hmm. they'll, I'll be able to go like the first week and share my passion and my vision behind the Bible study, which yeah. helps a lot for them to be able to understand why God asked me to write it the way he did, because God is longing to teach women what his word says without anything in between and just having that personal interaction. But one of the visuals that I give Doris is I talk to them about when you sit down to study, it's like setting out a placemat at your dinner table mm -hmm. and where you would have the main dish is where you're going to put the Bible study. And God's word is right inside my Bible studies just because I wanted to eliminate one extra step for women to not do it because they didn't want to have their Bible and the Bible study if they wanted it to do it at work, but it's all right there. Mm -hmm. And then have your utensils. You have your highlighters, you have your pencils, you have your um, colored pencils, and, and you have set the table so that you can sit and feast on the word. Mm. Yeah, I love that about your studies too, because like you say, it's right there. I mean, if you have an hour of lunch and you're a working woman, mm -hmm. to be able to have the Bible study all right there and all you need to do is have the book, it makes it much easier and more convenient. Mm. Yeah. And I challenge the women doors as well that I often will ask the classes when, when I go and get to introduce myself is who is part of the clean plate club and were we brought up to be part of the clean plate club because women are very accustomed and feel obligated to answer every question in a Bible study. Mm -hmm. And I'm not part of the clean cl plate club unless I really am hungry or love the meal that I'm eating. Mm -hmm. And I encourage the women to do two things. One, to eat until they're full. So just go through the Bible study until you have received and then stop. 
and there's your portion for today. Mm -hmm. Or two, stay within the lessons, but don't feel that every question is for you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't get the answers that we're looking for right away. And we need to just flag the question and just leave it and watch somewhere between Monday and Friday where a certain circumstance happens and God opens our eyes to see the answer to that question. But we've become such fill in blankers Mm -hmm. that we feel like we haven't done the Bible study if we haven't answered the question. But my Bible study has a plethora of different kinds of questions for different kinds of learners. And it really isn't meant for every person to answer every question, but more to hear from the father and hear him say, this question is for you, but it requires a spirit to, to be in the midst of the Bible study and participating with God. That's amazing. And it's so freeing too, because you're right. We are filling the blankers and we are check off boxers and you know it's like we, we are we like to do things in its entirety just so that we can feel accomplished but you're right we don't have to do it that way and i love how you said you know something during your day or week can come up that will draw you back to that where you kind of drew a blank <laughs> at yes, or maybe you didn't yeah. feel called to that question that day and that is true life application that's amazing i love that and oftentimes you know, we have to encourage women too. If you didn't fill in every blank, don't feel like you can't come to Bible study. You know, it's not like the dog ate my homework. You know, you don't have to worry about feeling like you didn't do enough. Can get really legalistic after, you know, very much as as well as can the, the layout and format of Bible studies. Like I, I want to encourage women in Bible study groups to kind of come away from the standard six-week, standard eight-week study and just Mm -hmm. place a study before you. And if it takes um, three weeks to eat a meal, if you have leftovers from that meal, but just set a time, an hour and a half to be together and work through as much as you can and be satisfied and be filled with what you did. And instead of feeling like we have to do all this in six weeks, so we have to finish this much in a week and, and savor the food, savor the meal, as opposed to trying to rush through it and make it fit into a time slot. Yeah. That's really great because you can miss something really, really critical when you're rushing through it, you know, just to get it done. And I love that too, because it doesn't make you feel like you're okay. Six weeks done. It's like, what's next? Let's let's check off another one. And there we are checking off again. Right. Can we savor it a little bit? I know as women, we really have to unlearn that kind of stuff. You know, it's like things that we've been taught, like make lists, you're in charge. You have to make sure this is done and that is done. So yeah, it's, it's a girl thing, I think sometimes too. So I love, I love how earlier when you said it's not our calling, it's his calling because that Mm. that's really a powerful truth. And Mm. that, makes it to where it it's not something intimidating. It's something that, like you say, you kind of partnering with God, you know, and kind of working through these things with him. And, and so if you were to speak to the listener right now to encourage, what would you want to share? To encourage the listener in their mm-hmm. calling and yeah, or whatever God yeah. puts on your heart. The name of the ministry, Deeper Still Ministries, is an encouragement in and of itself in the sense that some of us don't start because we feel intimidated by how far along others are. Mm -hmm. And 
when I go and speak at churches and women's events, one of the things I love to point out is that this message, God's word, no matter where you are in your journey, there is a next step. There's a deeper still for you. Mm-hmm. And the only time that that really you're held accountable is the sense where you're not moving forward and you're not taking the next step for being deeper still in your faith. And just trying to encourage women that if you're frustrated with where you are or you used to do studies or you haven't read God's word or you don't have a quiet time anymore, just take the next right step. And the next right step is whatever he's calling you to in your place of intimacy, whether it's journaling with him or a quiet time with him, or he's called you to join that Bible study, but you feel intimidated because you haven't been um, as faithful as others. But if you got to know those sisters, I know 100% that sisters are welcoming other sisters, and that's a lie from the enemy trying to keep you out of the word. Because as soon as women get in the word, they get more about God and the enemy does not want us to start changing and transforming our, our love, our hearts, our minds, so that it represents Christ to a lost and dying world. Mm -hmm. So he will do everything he can to prevent you, the listener from staying away from it. So acknowledging, yes, I have been saying no to that, even though I knew God was calling me to it and recognizing that it's the enemy. I went to Germany last March and spoke and was just challenging the women to hashtag it. Hashtag, I do not receive that. Be bold enough to say it to the enemy. Say, I don't receive your lies. Mm -hmm. I don't receive your criticism. I don't receive your put downs. And take that next right step towards Christ towards the word, towards a quiet time, whatever it is, and see his grace Mm -hmm. and see his mercy. Because you know, Doris, as soon as they take that step, he's there waiting for them. And he's been waiting for them. But Anne Graham Lotz, we were talking about her, and she says often that he is a gentleman Mm -hmm. and that he will wait for us. We're his children and he's waiting for us to come to him as opposed to making us come to him, Mm -hmm. which I mean, as a mother, I know that 100%. When my children call me, the warmth in my heart to think that they called me, thought about me and made the time to reach out is so overwhelming as opposed to when I have to call them. Yeah. They say to me, call me anytime, mom. And you're like, but it's really wonderful when you call me. Yeah. And I know that God feels the same, that when we take that step towards him, that he's right there and so eager to hear from his children. Mm, I love that. That is so encouraging for sure. And how can this listener connect with you, Lisa? Well, I have on Facebook, I have my personal page, which is just me personally, but then I have a ministry Facebook page as well, Lisa Miners with Deeper Still Ministries. And it's my goal to post three times a week. And it's always scripture based Mm -hmm. because I, that's the ministry. I have to be in the word. And so it's a scripture that God has unfolded for me that then I share with my audience and unfold for them and share with them how God brought application to my life and challenge them to use that truth to live deeper still. Mm -hmm. And I'm on Instagram as well. And then um, through my website, you'll see that I have um, two live teachings that I do each year, one in the fall and one in the spring. And it's really fun. We have 30 to 50 to 80 women who join in 
and we all come together through Zoom. So it's like a big Brady Bunch family with all the squares <laughs> on your screen. And it's fun to see ladies at their kitchen table, at their desk, in their recliner with a blanket over their legs. And we get together for an hour and mm -hmm. I, they allow me to come into their space. And again, I share something scriptural that is applicable that I feel that God has called me to teach to them, to show them how to apply his word to their lives. And one last opportunity is we started last October with a women's weekend in Tennessee, and it's called the encounter. And the definition for encounter is a unexpected meeting with God. That's mm. what I, it's an unexpected meeting with God. And my team is responsible for preparing the place where the women will come into these beautiful cabins. We will worship in spirit and truth, and we will encounter God. Each one of us individually and uniquely, because as you and I talked about, Doris, we are individuals and we are unique. So our interaction and relationship with him will be exactly like that. Mm -hmm. And last year we, we have 50 spots and last year we filled up in three weeks and we had an amazing encounter. Each woman, we saw women set free. We saw healing in relationships. We saw um, just love poured out in this community as these women came together to worship the Lord in song and then to worship as they opened up their Bibles. So this year will be October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th that we're going to go to the mountains of Tennessee and worship again. Wow. Go tell it on the mountain. Man. <laughs> that is amazing. Praise God. That sounds awesome. And so, so that's on your site. And then is that where also we can find your Bible studies and yes. your devotional as yeah, well? Everything is right there on the website. You just look under speaking or you look under events or you look under products, but everything and registration for everything, everything is all right there. Nice. Well, I will definitely put all that information in the show notes so people can find you. And Thank connect. you. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Oh, well, thanks for letting me hang out with you and share my story. Yeah, it's such a joy. It's just been so much fun. And so I hope I can have you back on again. God bless you and your family. And as he continues to move in your life and the ministry that he has given you and entrusted you with. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for listening today, and I hope Lisa's story inspired and encouraged you to take the next step in whatever God leads you to do. Walk deeper in His Word, deeper still. He wants to teach you and show you something, and He wants to have an encounter with you. In one of Lisa's Bible studies, Unfolding the Truth One Book at a Time, Ephesians, I'd like to read you something. She writes, it's funny how my kids, when writing thank you notes for birthday gifts, ask, Mom, what should I say? My famous answer is, what are you thankful for? They answer with short thoughts, transferring those short thoughts into a thank you note. Friend, that's a great thing to do today. In this time when we're all being challenged by this COVID-19 coronavirus thing, we're looking for ways to be the church, and we're looking for ways to help and serve others using our gifts. We can take a thank you note, write a short thanks to someone who's inspired us, mentored us, encouraged us, mail it off. It will encourage them in a time like this, 
It will also bless us, but best of all, it will bless the Lord and honor Him. You can connect with Lisa at deeperstillministries.com, on Facebook, and on Instagram, and I'll put all of those links for you in the episode notes. Friend, I'd love to connect with you too. So I have my link in the show notes as well, doraswift.com. And subscribe to this podcast so you'll never miss an episode. I also have a free ebook for you, Step Out of Your Doubt and Into Your Calling. And the link is also in the notes. So check it out today. Stay encouraged, friend. We're all in this together. And know that God is still in control. He is always in control. And He always wants what's best for His kids. So trust Him. Be encouraged today. I hope you'll join me next week when I invite another woman to share how she's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.